We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Coming at you Friday night after the Timberwolves again beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. This time it was in OKC and this time they beat them by 30 points. Uh, when the Wolves played the Thunder on Wednesday night, remember in that game that was the 30 to 10 first quarter. The Wolves threw the first punch and they got off by 30, 30 to 10. And it's interesting to compare the first quarter of that game to the first quarter tonight because both games were successes, but they were successful in different ways. Um, in that Wednesday game, they kind of, they swarmed the thunder, right? They, they tapped into the starting lineups identity, right? It was a little bit of ant. It was a little bit of cat. It was a little bit of Delo, and then Pat Bev and Vando, they were doing their thing tonight. It was different. The wolves kind of threw slower punches, but they threw three of them. Uh, the first one was a, a 17 point, first quarter from Anthony Edwards that that set the tone in the game. Uh, Ant made all five of his threes in that quarter, then handed off to D'Lo in the second quarter. It was, it was D'Lo. He had 15 in the second. He also made all of his shots in that quarter. At half, Ant had 19 points, and D'Lo had 19 points. Then in the third quarter, Ant didn't do much. He only had two, and D'Lo only had three. But that was because the offense started going through Cat. In the second half, uh, third was his quarter. He had 10 points, five boards in that quarter alone. Um, that's sort of coming at them in waves. Things did it tonight. Uh, the Wolves built a 27 point lead in in that quarter. And from there is the fourth quarter is pretty academic. Here's Chris Finch after the game on that pattern that they used to win tonight. I was really, really happy for uh, for for everybody. I mean, particularly D'Lo, he shot the ball extremely well. Ant got us off to a great start. Um, what we love about the way Ant's playing right now is everything's really quick. It's decisive. Um, and you can kind of see the rhythm, you know, growing as he's stepping into his shot. And then, then D'Lo took over, you know, from there, um, you know, and then Cat kind of owned the third quarter for us. So it was really like one, two, three. Yeah. I think an interesting question is whether or not the one, two, three thing is the best pattern for this team, right? Like we've seen it in other games and we've also seen 
the other sort of overwhelmed them with the starting lineup pattern, uh, that pattern they took into the Wednesday game. And I think the answer is, is it's not one or the other. It's, it's probably both. Uh, if you listen to the, the last pod with Britt, uh, we, we were talking about yesterday how it's great that the Wolves have this awesome starting lineup when, you know, obviously, when Cat, Vando, Ant, D'Lo, and Pat Bev all play together, it's great. Um, but once it's, it's about once they get broken up, once the rotation start, what's going to happen? And I thought that's what was so encouraging about tonight. A lot of which, a lot of which each of Ant, D'Lo, and Cat did was they did it with the, the rest of the team. They did it once, like in the first quarter, Ant played the entire first quarter. Cat and D'Lo subbed out of, of that quarter earlier with like four minutes left in the quarter. Ant started getting going with them at the beginning of the quarter, but he continued through the next, the final four minutes of the first by himself. And in the second, the same thing happened, only this time with D'Lo. D'Lo started the second quarter while both Cat and Ant were resting. It was D'Lo, Noel, McDaniels, and Vanderbilt, and Nas on the floor together. And D'Lo carried that group for five minutes to start the second until Cat and then Ant came back in. Then D'Lo was going when all three of them were together. D'Lo played all but 24 seconds of that quarter. The third was kind of like that too with Cat, where... All three guys started out there together, but then it was Cat who was the longest of the three of them to stay in the quarter. He was the last starter to sub out in the third. And honestly, he probably would have stayed in longer and scored more had he not gotten into foul trouble. I just think that that's what you're looking for. You're looking for those guys to do it all together, but you're also looking for them in chunks to do it individually. I, we, we make a really big deal about the starting lineup being an insane plus 50 in their net rating this season. Like, which it is insane. It, it has been the best five-man starting lineup in the NBA uh, this year. But at the same time, those five have only shared the floor this year for 142 minutes. And I, I don't want to take away anything from Pat Bev and Vando. Obviously, they're critical. But I think we forget sometimes that the core of that five-man starting group is the core of that five-man starting group. Like, if you go and you just look at Cat, D'Lo, and Ant, when it's just a three-man lineup and they're playing with different surrounding pieces around them, that threesome still has a net rating of plus 14.7. Like, yes, that doesn't sound as sexy as a plus 50, but those three guys have played together in a way bigger sample size of minutes than the starting five has together. It's actually three times as big, more than three times as big. Cat, D'Lo, and Ant have shared the floor for 462 minutes. And if you look at the 91 most used three-man lineups in the entire NBA, there are only two lineups in the entire NBA that have a better net rating than just the Cat, D'Lo, and Ant three-man pairing. And they both come from Utah, which is the most effective team in the NBA this is this season. Mitchell, Bogdanovich, and Gobert, or Mitchell, Bogdanovich, and Conley. I mean, again, obviously, Pat Bev and Vando deserve a lot of credit, but we should remember that Cat, D'Lo, and Ant have spent 70% of their minutes on the floor together this year without at least one of Pat Bev or Vando out there with them. And to me, like, I, I think that's, pretty much just as encouraging. 
Not to mention that I think we all agree that Cat, Velo, and Ant all individually have another level that they can get to, right? Like Cat is still learning how to navigate double teams without turning it over or committing offensive fouls. Anthony Edwards isn't shooting it as well as he was during the second half of last season. And Delo's shooting numbers this year are at career lows. Even more should be coming from that threesome. And it's also it's already been really good as a group. We saw more of that tonight. D'Angelo Russell only missed one shot in the entire game. He made all six of his twos, and he was five for six from deep tonight. Here's D'Lo after the game talking about his shooting. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I mean, it was good to see him go in, you know, more than anything. But um, definitely the best I've ever shot in a game. So, You, you, you had that feeling. Uh, what did it feel like when, when everything was just going in front of us tonight? What, what does that feel like? Um, I mean, I've had two different type of feelings when it came to that. I've, like, I feel like I was hot in a lot of times where I've gotten, you know, that feeling. But tonight, I didn't feel hot. I just feel like I was patient. Shots were coming to me, and did a good job of getting in the in the um, in the paint and kicking it out. You know, he was doing that all night. So eventually, I I told him I'd make them joints for him. So keep trusting me, and um, that's what it felt like. I just felt like I was taking good shots, quality shots, and they were going in. When I think about what it might look like if D'Lo has a stretch here where his shooting goes up, I kind of think about I think about what we've thought with Cat and Cat's defense in the past. This is a kind of a weird parallel to make, but I think it works. Uh, the past two seasons, the Wolves have been better defensively, statistically speaking, when Cat is on the bench compared to when he is playing, right? So over those years when Cat would string together a few good weeks and the defense was also good. When he was on the floor, he would go, wow. And it wasn't that Cat was overall hurting the team when his defense was a subtraction, but when the defense wasn't a minus, he became this winning superpower because of how it combined with his offensive game. Great offense with good defense. And with D'Lo, with this team and in this role that he plays defensively, we have seen the defense be awesome all year. That still sounds crazy to say, but we're halfway through the season and it's just kind of become a fact that the Wolves are really good defensively when Delos on the floor. And it's not that the offense has been bad on the other side of the ball when Delos out there. He's still gotten guys involved. The players around him have been making shots. But you think about how statistically impactful Delo has been defensively. And if he becomes a superpower himself, when his shot is going down on offense, I mean that that's a pretty big deal. I mean, you don't you don't need Delo to shoot as good as he did tonight every night, but if you mix in some performances like this and just overall up his shooting baseline a little bit, you really are looking at this team being a lot more than it has been. I mean, shit, like mix mix superpower cat mode together with superpower Delo mode, and you might really you might really have something here. All right, we got some more specifics to get to from tonight's game. But first, we're going to take a quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back talking about the Wolves' 30-point win over the Oklahoma City Thunder on Friday night. It was one of the most dominant games of the season for the Wolves. Um, we spent the whole first half of the show talking about the big three of this Wolves team. And so here I want to talk about the other guys. Um, but I want to do it in a way that actually isn't super specific to this game. We, we've talked a lot over the course of this year, particularly at the beginning of this year, about the imbalance of this roster. You know, going back to the beginning of the season, we talked about a roster that just massively lacked size and was getting killed on the boards every night. We talked about this roster just had too many one-way players and just how that made the lineups and the bench units and finding rotations really awkward. I do think those things were true, and they probably still are true to some extent, even if they are figuring out how to navigate some of those issues. But... I want to kind of take a weird sort of detour here about who those other guys are, because I think I'm beginning to believe that that's important. And just kind of how, even if they aren't perfect basketball fits, how they might have become really good fits together as people. I've been, I've been covering this team since 2017 in the locker room, around the team, just seeing stuff, hearing stuff, and... I've, I've seen a lot of different personality dynamics through that. And I'm not even just talking about the Jimmy Butler stuff here explicitly. Like, honestly, the the Jimmy stuff is really just one blip when I think about locker room dynamics over my time I've been here. He was, he was just here for a very short amount of time. And I would just say that all of the locker rooms I've seen haven't really clicked in Minnesota. It wasn't that guys didn't like each other. But I don't think any of the Wolves teams I've covered as people have really clicked together until this team. And I'm not sure exactly what the impact for that is. I'm not even really sure for the exact reason that it's clicking. We can say Pat Bev or Finch or whatever, but I don't really, I don't really care what's making a click. I'm more just so pointing out that I think it is clicking. I've just felt more of an excitement in this group this year. And I thought tonight this really stood out. In this, answer, in this answer from D'Angelo Russell when I just kind of asked him about the group. D'Angelo, as we kind of come up at the halfway point of the year, where, where is the um, excitement level of, of this team as you guys are kind of, you know, building into to pushing for the, the second half of the year and wherever you, you fall in the standings? 
Um, I mean, we're tuned in. You know, I think we're definitely tuned in to what other teams are doing and how close we are to this and that. We're tuned in, but as far as excitement, I think we're trying to stay level, level the whole time. You know, after this game, wash it down the drain, start preparing for the next one. I think that's been our mentality, one game at a time. And Honestly, we got a great group of guys, you know, that allows you to be around them and you forget what your job is. You know, we're not playing basketball. We, I, I personally forget you know, that we even do this. You know what I mean? I have so much fun with these dudes just off the court. So it's it's a great feeling, man. We're trying to stay level ahead and never too high, never too low. And just keep beating the teams we're supposed to beat. I think that's a pretty important answer from D'Lo. Uh, I, I probably would have been of the mindset years ago before I was doing this stuff that those kind of statements are like, whatever, they don't matter. But I do think I'm of the mindset now, having seen some of the other side of this stuff where where I do think it matters. It, it matters from a group mentality standpoint. But I also think it it matters on the floor. One, one thing this whole season that's really stood out to me is how guys like Torian Prince and Josh Okogie specifically have been yanked in and out of the rotation and how that doesn't seem to really be bothering them. And I mentioned those two guys specifically because I think they're good examples of guys who have been yanked in and out, but also are kind of leaders or glue on this team. You you can see there's a real respect from the main guys on the roster to Prince and to Bakogi. And for that to kind of not waver in the midst of both of those guys not consistently playing, I, I just think that says something. I think it per- particularly says something when Prince and Akogi are both set to be free agents this summer. Like their role on this team this year will directly impact how much they get paid this summer. And that's normally the focus for guys in their situation. But there's also the other side of it. Like there's there's this, you can derive value in yourself and the idea of kind of being a good soldier. And we've seen that help guys get paid in the future as well. It might not be as good of a path to a paycheck, but it is a path and that those guys, Prince and Akogi, have taken that, I, I think speaks not just to them, but to kind of like the quality of this group. Again, I'm not sure how impactful all of that is at the end of the day in terms of wins and losses, but to someone like D'Angelo Russell, I do think the group contributes to his happiness. And a happy D'Angelo Russell probably helps contribute to winning. We saw the other side of it last year. We saw an unhappy D'Angelo Russell and what that looked like last year, and we saw what the Wolves' record was. This is all an interesting dynamic as we head into the trade deadline and we start thinking about this roster a little bit more big picture. You know, On paper, I think this roster appears to have some low-hanging fruit that is ripe for a trade. You know, We could have conversations about Torian Prince's $14 million contract, attach a pick to it, try and upgrade this and that at that salary slot. We, you know, We could talk about you know, maybe trying to pick up a second round pick or something for Josh Kogi because he's not really in the rotation. You know, some of that seems logical. It, it probably is logical, but that logic, that logic's on paper, like that, that's the logic we applied to Wolves teams of the past. The teams that it just didn't really matter who was on the team because the team stunk and everyone, like, everything was just on the table for the upcoming offseason. So whatever, trade them if you can. But this Wolves team is in a different place. For one, they're just in playoff contention, which kind of makes them and 
apple to the orange of 90% of the Wolves teams over the past 18 years. But they're also a group that's kind of searching for a long-term identity. Like, who is the cat and D'Lo and Ant core Wolves going to be? Part of answering that question is about defining that core by finding a culture. There are bigger, like, what ifs on the table with this team too around the around the trade deadline. Like trade deadline, like people aren't going to want to hear it, but there might be that same sort of on paper logic for trading away Patrick Beverly. Like he's a free agent at the end of the season, he's going to want a new contract. Is that new contract going to for sure happen in Minnesota? No, it's not going to for sure happen. It might. So does that mean that you have to trade him to make sure you don't walk away empty-handed if he leaves in the summer for nothing? No, you don't have to do that because Patrick Beverly is defining this culture here. That's obvious. But also some of the lesser guys like Torian Prince and Josh Kogi and others down the line, they are defining that culture too. So I'm just bringing that up as a bit of context as we enter trade season here in the second half of the year as people start looking at these guys and this team on paper or on the trade machine. One other note to plug in here in the vein of roster construction is that Jalen Noel's contract was guaranteed for the rest of this season today by the Timberwolves. Uh, given Noel's recent play, I think we all feel that was probably a given. Um, but it hasn't been a given all season. When Noel wasn't playing at all earlier in the year, I thought they might waive him when they got to this point of the season. I mean, it would have created another like 900K in space under the tax. And I know that doesn't sound like that much, but with the wolves right up against the tax, I thought it might, I thought they might prioritize that money and that space over Noel. Again, that would make no sense now. Noel is a big part of this team and he will be going forward. So the interesting contract wrinkle about this now going forward is that the wolves have two options with Noel this summer. He is already under contract for next season at 1.9 million, but that contract is also non-guaranteed next season and also has a team option on it. What the Wolves can do with that is they can decline Noel's team option and make him a restricted free agent this summer. The other path is opting into that option and keeping Noel on the cheap next year for $1.9 million. The problem with that path is that Noel would then become an unrestricted free agent the next summer in 2023. So this is kind of backward thinking, like declining his option this year is, is really a path to, to locking him up long-term sooner. And as we learned with Jared Vanderbilt this summer, there is real value in having a player who is a restricted free agent versus an unrestricted free agent. What it means to be a restricted free agent versus an unrestricted is that when you're restricted, you can go out in free agency and sign a contract with a different team, but your current team, in this case, the Wolves, has the rights to match that offer and force you to stay on the team. The nature of this again, as we saw with Vanderbilt, usually depresses a player's market value. They don't get, they don't even get a contract offer, or if they do, it's for a lesser dollar value. I mean, other teams just don't want to offer contracts to players who can have that contract matched. So they oftentimes don't even end up offering them at all. And again, that's what happened with Vanderbilt. In restricted free agency, he ended up signing a three-year deal for $4 million a year. I mean, think about if the Wolves would have done the Noel thing kept Vanderbilt for one more year before he became an unrestricted free agent. 
I mean, if Vanderbilt was an unrestricted free agent this summer, he'd be getting offered way more than $4 million. And the Wolves wouldn't have the right to match that. Vanderbilt could very well walk in that situation. So the Wolves used restricted free agency to lock him in to what now I think we would all agree has become a bargain contract for Vanderbilt. They could do the same thing with Noel. Lock him into something like that $4 million contract that Vando signed rather than letting him break out next year, upping his price tag in the following summer and allowing him to attest unrestricted free agency then. I'm not sure exactly what will happen, and we can talk about the ramifications of cap space and all of that when the time comes close to the summer, but this is now the scenario with Jalen Noel. We know that as of today. We know that the Wolves can opt to make him a restricted free agent this summer and try to lock him up long-term on the cheap, or they can just bring him back next year on the super cheap and risk losing him in unrestricted free agency the following summer. This has been your collective bargaining agreement minute with Dane. Uh, let's wrap tonight on um, prize picks. I actually won prize picks tonight. I, I picked uh, five of them, got four of them right. I really put my eggs in the Josh Giddy having a bad game basket. I took the under on 14 and a half points for Giddy, the under on seven and a half assists for Giddy, and the under on eight rebounds for Giddy. My logic here was pretty simple. I, I thought that Vando did a great job on him in the Wednesday game. Yes, in that game, Giddy did get 15 rebounds, but he was just really stifled on offense by Vanderbilt. I thought that stifling tonight would happen again, and it did. Um, Giddy went under on all three. He finished with 10 points, five boards, and five assists. So 3-0 there. Then the other one I got right was the over on six and a half points for Jared Vanderbilt. Um, the logic here was a product of two things for me. I just think Vando plays far more offensively productive when he's out there with Delo which we obviously had tonight. But two, and probably more importantly, I think we're really starting to see Vando expand his offensive game as both a scorer and a passer. He's just more involved. And I, I just think it's a good bet for a while here if you know Vanderbilt's numbers on prize picks kind of remain around what his averages have been all year, which is typically how it works. I, I think it's a good bet that he's going to be hitting overs on points and assists before the Lions start adjusting for what I assume will be higher points per game and higher assists per game from Vanderbilt going forward. Tonight, Vando had 11 points. The one I got wrong was taking the under on 21.5 points for Anthony Edwards. Obviously, that looked really wrong after the first quarter when Ant scored 17. Uh, at the, I guess at the end of the game, it was less wrong. Ant only finished with 24. I just thought Lou Dort would give Ant problems on the perimeter the way other great defenders like Rudy Gobert and Jared Allen have given uh, Ant problems at the rim. But that was not the case. Uh, Ant got his tonight. So that brought me to 4-1 on the night, bringing me up to 72-69-5 on the season. Again, I'd uh, I'd urge all of you to try prize picks if you haven't already. Some guy on, on Twitter today was giving me crap about my, about my picks, which you know, was kind of fair. I've been bad recently. But I was like, hold on. You know, I'm, I'm over 500. So, like I'm bleeding out here. And two, like, I don't think that's necessarily the point. I think this is also just kind of fun to do. Like, do you only drink a beer at the bar if it's free? Like, no, free beer is great, but you're also going to probably enjoy it if you drink it and have to pay for it as well. I don't know. I think prize picks is fun, and I'm winning more times than I'm losing. If you want to try out prize picks, uh, they'll give you 100 bucks of free prize picks beer if you 
create an account today, not actual beer. But they will add $100 to your account if you sign up using the promo code DANE when you create your account. Um, Only do it if it's fun for you. But if you're listening to this podcast, um, I think this daily fantasy stuff might be up your alley. All right, the Wolves are off on Saturday night. Then they head to Houston on Sunday and New Orleans on Tuesday. I think two very winnable games before they go to Memphis on Thursday for probably the hardest game of the road trip. Um, I'll be talking to you about whatever happens in those games after they're done, and then I will actually be going to Memphis to cover the game there on Thursday. So I'll be doing that show on site in Memphis. We'll keep seeing what happens with this team. The Wolves are creeping towards 500 as we creep toward the midpoint of the season. Tonight marks three wins in a row. Uh, They're 19-20 on the season. Enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you on Sunday night. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.